All right. Today I want to talk about drugs. Let's start with DMT. If you've ever listened to Joe Rogan or done research yourself, you know that uh, DMT is the most potent hallucinogen known to mankind. It's produced in the human brain and in hundreds of other living things all around the world. Plants, animals. Uh, It's presumably made by the pineal gland, which is used to regulate melatonin for sleep, which in certain reptiles has a lens and a cornea, as to deduce the pineal gland is the third eye, which also implies DMT may be the cause of dream state hallucinations and is believed to be released when you are born and when you die. It's a very simple molecule, not much bigger than glucose, which is the basic carbohydrate for cellular respiration. It is uh, in the tryptamine family, as is tryptophan found in Turkey. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Uh, So why is this structurally mediocre, naturally abundant organic chemical the most amazing fucking experience available to any human being? Well, I have no fucking idea, but I'll share my experiences. So DMT is detectable in all humans through blood and urine analysis. And there were several studies done in the 1970s that showed a direct correlation between those with diagnosed schizophrenia and higher DMT concentration in the blood and urine. Now, these studies were later dismissed when test subjects were injected with DMT, which uh, the subjects responded to with sedation rather than psychosis, leaving the researchers to conclude that DMT did not induce psychotic breaks, but rather rendered them immobile. Now, my take on that is quite different. The so-called psychotic break would come as a rebound effect after the DMT surge, not during. When you do DMT, you basically see God, right? So if you were sitting at the bus stop and your schizophrenic brain just released a surge of DMT unexpectedly, you'd probably start freaking out about how you just saw God too. And there's a pretty consistent pattern between schizophrenics and talking about them seeing the afterlife and shit. So am I saying that schizophrenics actually see another dimension that exists all around us that all of our consciousness is a part of? Uh, I mean, it's possible. And another thing with my personal experience, along with everyone else I've talked to, is the close-eyed visuals changes as you look around. So there's different objects in different areas of space. There's this guy named Terrence McKenna, who is a historian, philosopher, anthropologist, and a a bunch of other cool names that means he's smart and well-qualified. He was the spearhead of the pro-hallucinogen movement. And he was the first to really start the conversation about DMT on a larger scale. And he, in the book Food of the Gods, hypothesized that psilocybin mushrooms, which the active ingredient is the closest molecular structure to DMT in nature, is responsible for human consciousness. That apes eating mushrooms eventually created language and art. Personally, I think we were genetically modified by aliens, but who the fuck knows? Right, so the first time I did LSD, my big epiphany was that there is no past or future. There is only the present. And everything that has ever happened and will ever happen is happening right now, infinitely on repeat in different dimensions. And the human consciousness creates a linear pattern in the same way as the uh, probability cloud of electrons. I don't know if you're familiar with the SPDF shape of uh, electrons google it basically it means you never know exactly where an electron is but you know it's in this realm so yeah yeah it's in this universe but you can't tell exactly the path it's taking 
So our consciousness is just piecing shit together and making it seem like we're living a linear life when in reality it may be just bouncing all over the fucking universe. Which I've heard similar shit said, but I think the uh, whole electron thing is my original thought. I feel like DMT is like a seed of information that when planted in your brain will grow into the knowledge of everything you need to know about existence, but our brains are just not ready to handle it. Simultaneously, a window into the mass consciousness, aka afterlife. I don't like calling it afterlife because I think you are who you are before you're born, and you're the same when you die, and that same unique personality and consciousness that you possess is infinite and we're surrounded by dead consciousnesses that all add to this mass collective of information. So basically every soul who's ever lived or I don't want to say soul consciousness that's ever been in a person that's dead now. I think once we all die, we'll be able to know the true history of us. I'm probably starting to sound a little crazy here, but anyone who's done this shit you're probably thinking I'm onto something. Hopefully I'm bringing some new ideas to you. Or you're like, I've thought of all of this already. In which case, that's fucking cool. You're on the right track and uh, nothing means anything until we're dead. And that's the only reason I want to kill myself. Like, <laughs> I'm not depressed and I don't want to die, but I'm just so curious that if my life gets shitty enough, I might be like, well... This could be more interesting. I don't feel like suicide is like an end it. It's like a fucking next level. I don't know, shit. I'm probably going to post this and think of like a million other things I should have said. I'm trying to filter out all the crazy spiritual shit and just focus on the deductions I've made from my experiences combined with a little bit of scientific research that other people did. But, um, like, think about ayahuasca. Like, that's been around for a really long time. And ayahuasca is DMT. It's uh, consumed instead of smoked. It's mixed with a, an MAOI inhibitor, which basically potentiates the experience and makes it last longer. If you just eat DMT straight up, your body will metabolize it real quick, and you won't feel anything. But ayahuasca has been used all around the world since ancient times. And including religious times, which could be responsible for a lot of the religious beliefs and maybe all of them that, uh, you know, there's some, something about the burning bush with Moses would, could have been a, an ayahuasca experience. I, I just think it, it makes sense. Like, you know, we've drifted further and further away from nature with technology, which brings me to another point that I wasn't planning on making, but technology seems... To be God. It's fucking magic. The way you can just send shit. I'm just talking into a thing that I don't know how it works. That goes onto a computer. I don't know how that works. And then I send it out. And then you hear me. And you know who I am. Most of you. And I, it's fucking weird. But I was thinking. I was listening to Elon Musk the other day. Talking about AI. And I was thinking. If we get to a point. Where we create. Like deep artificial intelligence that would be capable of making a factory, like we have a big AI factory, right, that runs itself because it's conscious. It could take all of the things that we know how to do, like gene splicing 
and medical advancements, and it could just be printing out robots like Teslas that are all uniquely programmed to do things like splice genes and do things that humans are not legally allowed to do. And maybe our goal as humans is to be the god of another civilization through creating AI. Like I've said before, I think that humans are genetically modified by aliens to have this consciousness. And that doesn't really line up with my DMT thing, but I don't know. Let's just say a bunch of AI robot scientists go out and genetically alter a bunch of living things and combine them into another creature that starts waking up one day like, why the fuck am I here? Maybe we are our own god. And maybe our god did the same thing and it's just a domino effect of civilizations reaching the point where they create a hyper-intelligent network of beings that pass on the creation of the next intelligent civilization. Another thing about DMT, a common experience is seeing sentient beings combined with machinery and technology. So maybe they do go hand in hand somehow in some dimension in some fucking spiritual realm. But anyway, what I was saying about how we've drifted further from nature and towards technology, that maybe the answer to our history and potential purpose is within nature and not in technological advancements. Although they do make life better and more convenient. Um, I don't like Molly. It's like the opposite of alcohol. Like it makes me way too nice. Like instead of most people black out and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I was such a dick last night. I do Molly and I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to tell these people I don't actually love them. I hate being nice. But MDMA is finally getting the respect it deserves at in some ways as they're starting to show that it can cure PTSD and improve relationships. And uh, we're going to find out a lot more over the next couple years after all these, uh, you know, drug laws change a little bit. And uh, magic mushrooms too. That's probably going to be the first one to, because it's natural, to like hit scientific studies. They've showed that there's like an... A huge decrease in violent criminals after just one use of magic mushrooms or psilocybin. So I'd really like to see this negative stigma of drugs and lumping them all together as one disappear. Because they're there for a reason. People do them for a reason. Everyone listening to this has done drugs. We're not all fucking piece of shit junkies, right? We've all learned something from hallucinogens, those who have done it. And usually there's three types of people that I've known when it comes to acid. One, like, yes, it's my favorite thing ever, or I like shrooms more, but acid's cool too. Two, I had a shitty trip once because I did it with the wrong people and I'm never doing it again. And three is, yeah, I've never done it, but I can tell I'd have a bad trip because I don't like weed. Weed is the my least favorite drug ever. I think you should do acid. Unless you have a family history of schizophrenia. I don't want to play poker with your life. Which brings me to the final and most dangerous drug. And my personal favorite, alcohol. Good times. Now, I am fully convinced that I need alcohol to be happy. Which, I guess by definition, makes me an alcoholic. But, it does make me happy. 
So when you see someone who's drinking a lot, like, I'm a good drunk. I don't fuck things up. I have no drunk regrets. If I did, I don't remember them, so it doesn't matter. And at least when I'm drinking, I have an excuse for why I feel like shit in the morning. During Sober October, waking up every day still hating myself, I was like, well, I fucking, I don't know what's up with that. But when I wake up after drinking, it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's going to happen. That's how hangovers work. But what I really want to say is that I don't have an alcohol problem. I have an alcohol solution. Because at least I found something that makes me happy. And, you know, people like, I don't know, my parents were like, why don't you find something that, uh, something productive that makes you happy? Like you do art and comedy and music. And I'm like, yeah, and they're so much better when I'm drinking. Nerve-wracking doing comedy sober. Sure, I may be drinking every night, but at least I'm happy half the time. Most people are miserable all the time. I'm miserable until about 7 to 8 p.m. And then for the rest of the night, I'm fucking great. I'm smiling. And uh, yeah, but that's only temporary. That happiness is only temporary. It won't last. Yeah, happiness. Yeah, all happiness is only temporary. Nothing lasts. So I'd rather have temporary happiness than no happiness. Even heroin, man. I've seen heroin addicts that have their shit together. But I I shouldn't be condoning this. I had a friend who, he smoked it, didn't inject it. And uh, he used to work out every day. He'd come out with us at night. He was, uh, he never stole. He wasn't a piece of shit. And uh, that's when I realized some people are just capable of handling their shit. Also, I'd like to throw in the problem with big pharma and the opioid crisis is different than the heroin epidemic. Because the opioid crisis is in regards to doctors prescribing pain pills like Oxycontin that are supposed to be medicine and they don't tell you they're addictive. The heroin epidemic, everybody who's buying heroin knows what they're getting into. But people that are getting prescribed pain pills mostly are not aware that they're getting prescribed an addictive fucking different form of heroin. And I think this is why most people don't do heroin. I think all drugs should be legal And if you want to become a heroin addict, then that's your life choice. But I think if you really see how that ruins lives, you wouldn't want to become that. And I don't think it would increase the rate. In fact, it would, I I could talk about drug legalization forever. It would higher purity, lower costs, uh, less violence, less incarceration. It's one of the easiest things we could do to benefit the country. But I think I'd like to conclude with this. Not all drugs are equal, all right? There's good drugs and there's bad drugs. Good drugs enhance how you're feeling. They exaggerate your already existing emotions. Bad drugs dull your feelings and hide your emotions from you. Things like hallucinogens, acid, and and mushrooms 
they're not going to be something you're going to want to take when you're feeling sad or depressed because they're going to make it worse. And things like Xanax, heroin, alcohol, those are things people do when they want to forget and escape the reality of sadness. While I'm a fan of escaping reality, by numbing yourself from sadness, you're preparing yourself to being unable to handle your negative emotions in the future. So make the right choice. Do DMT. Also, meth is pretty much the same as Adderall and it's super hard to overdose on. But still, don't do that either. (laughs) I don't know why I had to throw that in there. You guys deserve the truth.